are listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring inside keys and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're here for part five of our series finale, Back at It, Prioritizing Our Relationship with Christ. If you've been with us for the past four weeks, we kicked off season four with this series where we wanted to talk about as we went through these transitions, August being this month of of so many changes going on for us and our world, and, and how are we prioritizing our relationship with God? God. And last week, I talked about the how, right? The how do we get ourselves back? How do we do these things and the things that we needed to know and the things that come of those things once we know them. And so I encourage you to go back and tune in wherever you're listening from. If this is your first time or or 8,000 time listening to Vantage Point, I'm so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast where we just talk about the things of God and help people get alignment, get relationship and continue to grow in Christ. And so even going in September, we're going to be uh, kicking off a new series next week called Authority, and, and it's going to be an awesome time because it's all guests, and we're going to be talking to some new authors who have written some amazing books that you're going to have the opportunity to hear from, learn from, and even get to uh, get those resources in your hands. So you don't want to miss the next sermon series uh, in September called Authority. But today, we're going to continue this series about Back at It. We're going to close it out with this episode titled the answer and and really that's what it boils down to that's what all of these things we talked about realignment we talked about and who we trust we talked about but how and, and all of the things that we we've done and don't get it twisted that was an amazing one where we went in to the realities of this relationship right and it all boils down to the question right how do we do this why do we do this right it's because jesus is truly the answer to everything so i want to jump right in uh into this episode and really just start to uncover some things and, and really it's not the, the the first time we've heard this right jesus is the answer right it's a lot of things right we've heard this said people have said it um he's the answer right but do we really understand what jesus is the answer to right and so while it's 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 almost like jesus is the answer um is the and he's the answer to a question we haven't asked right and, and so what is he the answer to right what are people what are we trying to convey when we say he's the answer and so really when you think about it right we we we've kind of been around this thing in this series about relationship with jesus right and and it's such a key thing to have because it, it unlocks so many things right and, and we have to make sure that we stay in context when it comes to relationship with him, right? Because we we have this moment, we talked about it uh, several times, right? We talked about salvation, right? And that's the first step, right? You can't have relationship with him without acknowledging who he is, right? Acknowledging who he is to you, what he's done, how he died on the cross, reciting Romans 10, 8. Those are the things that, that, that belief in your heart is what unlocks the ability or the opportunity better um, to have relationship with Jesus. And when we think about what is Jesus the answer to, and the first thing is he is the answer to our broken relationship with God, right? We talked about this, right? And, and when God created Adam and Eve, they enjoyed this perfect 
fellowship with him, right? But but Adam sinned by disobeying God, thereby bringing death into the world. We see this in, in the book of Genesis, and, and a significant part of that death is a spiritual death, right? Humanity's relationship with God was broken, right? Uh, and it's still broken today, right? And, and, and he provided uh, a covering. God provided a covering for Adam and Eve, and we see that in Genesis uh, 3.21. It says, and the Lord God made for Adam and and for his wife, garments of skin and clothed them. And not only did he provide a covering, he promised a redeemer who would defeat Satan and reconcile God and man. And so when, even in Genesis 3, 15, uh, 3, 15, a few verses before, it says, I will put enmity uh, between you and the woman and between you and your offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And, and the Old Testament narrative gradually it tells us that, that God has this plan to save people. And then the New Testament shows us that Jesus is the promised redeemer. He's the he's the answer to this plan. He's the answer to the broken relationship that that people that we have with God, right? He's that promise. He's he's an he's atoned for our sins and he restores the possibility of relationship with God. And I want to keep that in possibility because there's still a choice even in what Jesus did, he did it for a maybe. Like I, I've heard it said that many ways by different pastors, like everything Jesus did was for a maybe, the possibility of relationship with God, because we still have to choose that, right? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And that's in John 14, 6. Jesus is the answer, the only answer to our broken relationship with God. Apart from him, there is no salvation. And I love what um, even in Acts 4, 12, it says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's such a powerful verse, even in this time, even in 2021, where, where, you know, people want to try to figure out what other way can I be this? What other way can I be saved? Is there someone else? And very clearly we, we read this, that even Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes through the father except through him. And even in this verse, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. And even in First uh, Timothy 2, 5, and 6, it, it says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, uh, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. And, and the biblical term, just want to throw this out there, for God's act of making peace with sinful humanity is reconciliation. Right. It's being our we are being reconciled back right to God and, 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 and in Jesus's act, in his atonement for our sins, that's the reconciliation. And then we have the bridge. I like to say that Jesus is our bridge to God. That's the way we cross to get to that place, to get back to that relationship. And, and it's in Christ that even God's enemies were made his friends and given life. And it says, if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And, and Jesus is the answer to the problem of estrangement from God, right? If you ever had that 
you know, like, like you're not necessarily doing the worst things or doing all that, but there's this estrangement, estrangement. There's this, this awkwardness when it comes to God, right? We don't quite know how to do it. We don't quite know how to approach. We don't quite know how to, how to anticipate or even how to react in this relationship, right? But it's Jesus who makes us pop, makes it possible, for our sins to be forgiven and for us to be children of God. And it's Jesus who mends our relationship with God so that we can fellowship with him and have that relationship during our lives and eventually returning to him in eternity, for eternity in heaven. And not only that, I want to even piggyback on that estrangement from God. Jesus is the answer to our guilty consciences. And even think about this, even after we're saved, we still sin. Hear me. Like salvation does not mean no sin, right? It, we still have these moments. We still have this experience where we see these temporal consequences of sin, right? It, it, it keeps us from fully fellowshipping with God. But we have a promise that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And that's first John one and one nine. And it's, I love this because Jesus is the one who washes our feet of daily impurities. We have to bring them to him. We talked about this. We have to give these to him daily, right? Because we're not perfect. We're not going to get it right every day. We're not going to have this perfect life after we get saved. And, And so we, even after that, think about this. He's the one that washes our feet even after we've been fully bathed. Think about that, right? We take showers, we take baths, we clean ourselves fully, but we still might go outside and walk in dirt. Think about that, right? You go outside, you walk out in your backyard or in a dirt path after you just got out the shower, right? Your feet are still gonna need to be washed, even though the rest of your body is clean. And so we we need him and we need to have Jesus because he's the reason we can forget, we can receive forgiveness and be purified. He's the answer to um to our sin problem, both now and for eternity. And and it's such a beautiful thing because again, going back to that bridge analogy, right? There's a, there's a help there. And and that comes even in the Holy spirit, or even as we build in this relationship and we grow in this relationship, there's so much more. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Doesn't matter how deep you get, doesn't matter how, how, how filled and sanctified with the Holy spirit you are, you have to still grow deeper in that relationship. It doesn't change. It doesn't stop, right? We're continuing to do that, right? And and what I also love about this is Jesus is also the answer to our broken relationships with each other. And think about this. When Adam and Eve sinned, not only did they break the relationship with God, but they broke the relationship with each other, right? And and when you think about that, there's this strife now, right? In in Genesis 3.12, it says, the man said, the woman whom you gave me who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree that I ate. And, and I had this conversation with, with someone the other day, and, and, and it's so interesting, like, whose sin was it, right? Who messed up, right? And who who did what, right? And, and we see this division that happens. But one thing is, even in this scripture where, where Adam is saying, oh, he's blaming Eve for the fruit that she gave him the fruit and he ate it. But who did God give the instruction to? 
God gave the instruction to Adam first. So if anybody knew what not to do, it was Adam, right? That's why we say it's Adam's sin, right? It's not necessarily the sin that he ate the fruit. It's the sin of disobedience because he knew what the fruit represented and what he wasn't supposed to do with it, right? And we see humans, we, we've been struggling in relationship with each other ever since right we see relational breakdowns in different ways walls being erected between races and black all these things that we see and even in the new testament we see this division jews and gentiles right and jesus is still the answer to all disharmony and i love uh what this says it says for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups, Jew and Gentile, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them uh, through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you Gentiles who were far away and peace to those Jews who were near for through him, we both have access to the father by one spirit. And that is Ephesians two verses 14 through 18. He himself, Jesus came and tore when that veil tore, that was the division being torn down between Jew and Gentile. And he was saying that you both have access to me. So whatever you um, feel, wherever you feel like you are with, with, each other or, or, or by race or, or anything, Jesus is still there for everyone. He's still the answer to what we see now. We're seeing so much in our world when it comes to division, whether it's race or whether it's political or whether it's all of these things. And, and quite honestly, it can get sickening to see it. It could get frustrating. And I've had many conversations with people about this exact thing, but the beauty of it is Jesus is still the answer. Jesus is still the one we can all turn to. Democrat, Republican, black, white, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, Italian, whatever you are, Jesus is still the answer to any broken relationships we have with each other. It's not going to be us sitting down and talking, although that's a beginning and that's a start. But if we don't direct ourselves to Jesus and the word of God, we'll continue to do this. And that's the beauty of it. Jesus even instructed his followers to love one another humbly. He prayed for unity among his followers in John 17. A, a unity embraced even by the early church. We see that in Acts. But we have received the forgiveness forgiveness in Jesus, we can forgive others, right? He's the, he's so the answer to our relational issues that we have in this world. And, and, and what another one to think about is Jesus is the answer to our meaningless existence. And, and in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, we, it talks about the meaninglessness of worldly pursuits apart from God, right? When we are spiritually dead, life is ultimately empty. Nothing in this world will fully satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts, says in Psalms, see Psalms uh, 7325. But in Jesus, we have purpose. It says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And it says, I have become life. Jesus says, I have become, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And the, this is the Christian life, right? If you've been a Christian for long enough, you know that there is fruit in this life. There is purpose in this life. There is joy in this life. And we're, we're, we get the opportunity 
the we have the possibility if it, if we take it to be a part of God's work in this world. We we can go out there and share the gospel, make disciples, and, and it's it's so much fruit we can bear because honestly, again, we can do nothing apart from him, but in him we bear much fruit, John 15:5. It's so powerful when you when you step into the priority, right? When you deprioritize everything else, everything else going on in this transition, everything going on in, in, in your world, right? The kids, the job, the, the spouse, the this, the that, whatever you want to equate that to, right? If Jesus is not prioritized, none of that matters because you will spend a lifetime struggling with those things. Without Jesus, you're struggling as a parent. Without Jesus, you're struggling as a spouse. Without Jesus, you're struggling as an employee, but with him, right? There's fruit in that. Doesn't mean you won't have trouble, but there's fruit in walking with him. He will give you the things and the tools that will help you in those areas of your life. And he's also the answer to your worries and doubts, right? We know this and it's no secret. If you lived as an adult long enough, life has hardship and that with hardship comes worry, fear, and doubt. And Jesus even told his followers, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have over come the world and that's John 16:33 he reminds us of his of God's love and care he gave us the holy spirit to live with us forever he's the reason we're not alone he's the reason we don't have to have worries or have fears he's the answer to those fears and those heartaches he's able to sympathize with us because that's the beauty of it we talked about this in a series we did in season three called who is this jesus the power of jesus christ is that he is not only god but he lived as man so he was able to sympathize he is able to sympathize with us because he has lived a human life in this broken world he has been through some things in his human existence and he has given us every tool to have peace and he equips us to endure and even rejoice in the hardships of this life and, and, and i love john or excuse me james uh chapter one two through five it says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing and, and 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 there's so much with that right there's so much that comes in this relationship like we could spend another five six seven weeks talking about all the goodness that comes in this relationship with jesus and and, and it's so much to do and, and so much to to um deal with at a time, but when you start to prioritize, when you start to build it out, when you start to walk with him, that you start to see these answers come, you start to, you start to get more understanding that he is truly the answer to what we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And even talking about the world, the last point that I want to bring up is Jesus is the answer to the problems of this world, right? And, and again, we've been in this world, we see things, we know what's going on, we know that our experience lets us know that the world is broken and it's in need of repair. And, and, and sometimes that brokenness is pretty obvious, right? We can look at the last few years and we could see a lot of things. Can, uh, you know, I'm 38. I don't know that I've seen 
a time the world has been so divided or a time that I've seen so much unrest and so much uncertainty and so much confusion and anger and, and every other emotion you can think of in this world. But even through all of that, even through all the frustrations, he's still the answer. He has a plan to fix this world, right? We, we know he's called once wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, uh, of the greatness of his government and their peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. And, 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 you know, we we hear, you know, I don't know, I've been hearing world peace, world peace for a long time. Right. But if you look at this, this world we live in, the wars, the things that we see that there it's it's hard to see peace in war it's hard to see peace and 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 joy and famish it's hard to see um unity in division right but there will come a time that all things will be set right and jesus the prince of peace will rule in his true justice right ushering in that time of blessing and bounty that the world has never seen we see this in Revelation 21. It predicts a new heaven and new earth. And it says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. I'm going to say it one more time. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Hear me when I tell you the day is coming when the world's problems will be solved. Everything will be made new and peace will reign. And this is because Jesus is the answer. So what do we do? Right. We eagerly await his return. We're trusting that the Lord's not going to he's not going to be slow to keep in his promise. Right. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And that's second Peter three and nine. And when I hear that voice, when I hear that verse, what do I hear? I hear that we have a God that is so desiring relationship with us. He's waiting for us. He doesn't want us to perish, but he wants us to come to this place of decision, this place of repentance, this place of relationship with his son who gave his life for us and the possibility that we might give our lives to him. So think about that for a minute. That day is coming. The day is going to come. And what will you do? And he's the answer for all of those things. And he promises something so deeper, so much more powerful than we can even ask, imagine, or think. And even as we close this episode out, I just want to take a minute and just ask where you are right now. Where have you prioritized this relationship? Maybe you, maybe you don't even have one. Maybe you haven't made it. Maybe it's zero priority on your list. Maybe it's it's somewhere mixed in there when you have time or, you know, when the when the hustle and bustle of the day ends or maybe he's the only maybe he's the number one priority for you right now. 
Maybe he is. And if you're listening to this, kudos to you. You, you, you're working the formula, you're working the plan, you're stepping in that every day. But even even wherever, wherever you are, you can still step further. You can still take a more, more steps. You can still move in that. And, and so I just want to take a minute and pray for anybody that's listening and, and wherever you are that you commit and that you make the decision to change that possibility into action, change that possibility into a step, change that possibility of relationship into real relationship with Christ, and it'll change your life. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to even reach people this way. And, and even as we come and, and, and pour into people, Father God, I just pray that something clicks, something snaps in their heart, something just connects them to you in a way through this message that they're able to step in relationship with you, step out of the dark, step out of the uncertainty, step out of the worry, step out of the pain, step out of the, the, the fear, Father God, and just walk with you. Father God, we're not asking for, for anything other than a step right now, Father God. And if that's you, you just make the greatest decision. It, it's something that, that, we all have had to do. I've had to do. And it's not an easy step to take, but it's a bold one. It's not an easy step, God, but it's a right one. And if every step, God, I pray that they continue to see you in a different way. They continue to walk with you in a different way. And they continue to allow you to unfold the pieces of their life. And they continue to do something for you. They, can, they step into your purpose and plan for their life. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I thank y'all so much again for tuning in and, and walking with us on this podcast. Please be sure to share, like, let it, people know, share the message. We continue to reach people all over this world. And I just thank God for this opportunity. I thank God for everybody listening. Let us know how we're doing. Continue to walk with God. Continue to stay connected with us. And remember, if you keep seeking insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God, it's going to change your life and it's going to change your world. See y'all next week on Vantage Point.